Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. On Wednesday, January 31st, the IDF reported that it continued operations in the mostly captured central and northern Gaza areas, where the 162nd Division battled many Hamas terrorists over the past day. The Division's 401st Armored Brigade killed more than 15 terrorists in northern Gaza in the last 24 hours, according to an IDF internal report. In one raid, the IDF stated that troops arrested 10 Palestinian Islamic Jihad operatives who were holed up in a school and located five rockets in the area preparing for launch. Reservists of the 5th Brigade operating on the outskirts of the Shati camp with air support killed several more terrorists and located weapons used by Hamas. In central Gaza, the Nakha Brigade killed more than 10 terrorists within an hour and later killed several more in the same area, the IDF reported. Meanwhile, in southern Gaza's Khan Yunus, the IDF continues a push against Hamas in the western part of the city. The IDF stated that the troops of the 7th Armored Brigade had raided a PIJ weapons manufacturing plant in West Khan Yunus. At the site, troops destroyed a lath used, by, used to manufacture projectiles, several long-range rockets, anti-tank missiles, and mines, as well as explosive devices stored in bags bearing the UNRWA logo. As Israelis protested at the Nitzana border crossing with Egypt, preventing aid destined for Gaza from entering Israel to be checked by authorities, the IDF announced a closed military zone in the area. The IDF stated that the Chief of Southern Command, Major General Yaron Finkelman, had signed the order last night. The order meant it was illegal for civilians to be in the area of the crossing, as well as the nearby Route 211. The IDF announced the development of new techniques to fill Hamas's underground tunnels with water. The Israeli military had previously attempted to flood the tunnels with seawater, aiming to disable Hamas's underground weapons stockpiles and eliminate hiding spots. However, concerns were raised about potential damage to Gaza's underground and agricultural soil. The IDF's new approach involves installing pumps and pipes to carefully channel water into selected tunnel routes, ensuring that Gaza's groundwater remains unaffected. The statement emphasized the professional development of this capability, including analysis of soil characteristics and water systems in the area to prevent harm to the region. The Israeli Prime Minister's office presented Israel's case against the UNRWA for Palestinian refugees in a briefing with reporters. Spokesman Ilan Levy asserted that UNRWA serves as a front for Hamas and claimed that intelligence indicates at least 13 UNRWA employees were involved in the October 7th attack on Israel, resulting in over 1,200 civilian deaths. According to Levy, six of these employees infiltrated Israel during the attack itself and four were implicated in abducting Israelis. Nachman al-Litzlan. Number two. In New York City, MTA officials announced plans to address fear evasion by introducing a 15-second delay in opening emergency exit gates at three subway stations. The move is aimed at curbing the estimated $285 million losses incurred by riders skipping subway fares in 2022. Stations affected by the delay include 138th Street, 3rd Avenue on the 6th Line, Flushing Avenue on the JM and Z Lines, and 59th Street on the 4, 5, and 6 Lines. The 15-second delay is intended to deter passengers from exploiting emergency doors when opening from the inside. 
MTA officials citing safety considerations have obtained a waiver from the state code authority to implement the delay, emphasizing that it will not compromise the ability to evacuate riders in real emergencies. The measure, successfully tested at Brooklyn's Borough Hall Station, is part of the MTA's broader efforts to combat fear evasion. Number 3 UPS United Postal Service is set to cut 12,000 jobs, prompting a significant drop in its shares as the company also unveiled the revenue outlook for the year. Additionally, there are indications that UPS may consider selling its Coyote truckload brokerage business, which it acquired for $1.8 billion in 2015. The Teamsters in September approved a tentative contract agreement with UPS, settling contentious labor negotiations. The agreement included pay raises for both full and part-time union workers, the creation of 7,500 full-time jobs, and the filling of 22,500 open positions. However, UPS stated that the job cuts are expected to primarily affect management roles and contractors, resulting in $1 billion in cost savings. During a conference on Tuesday, January 30th, UPS CEO Carol Tome mentioned plans for employees to return to the office five days a week in the coming year. The company's board also approved a one-cent increase in its quarterly dividend for shareholders of record on February 20th. For 2024, UPS anticipates revenue in the range of approximately $92 billion to $94.5 billion, falling short of Wall Street expectations, leading to an almost 8% drop in UPS shares on Tuesday, January 30th. The fourth quarter revenue also missed projections declining by 7.8% to $24.92 billion. Quarterly profits for the period ending in December 2023 fell by more than half to $1.61 billion, or $1.87 per share, compared to $3.45 billion, or $3.96 per share. On an adjusted basis, quarterly earnings per share were $2.47, slightly exceeding the average estimate. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.